listening to this edition of our EPS Real Solutions podcast series. I'm Lisa Baer, and today we are examining the Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act of 2014, or as HR and employment law professionals like to think of it as, paid sick leave in California just got real. California's paid sick leave laws became effective July 1st. We want to be certain that California-based employers and employers who have employees in California have the information they need to be certain they are in compliance with the new law. Rebecca Weiss, our California-based EPS consultant, is immersed in all things California employment law, and she authored this month's newsletter that we'll discuss today. We'll link to that article on our website. Rebecca joined EPS with extensive employment law experience. As a litigator, she defended corporate clients against a variety of employment-related claims before courts, administrative judges, arbitrators of union grievances as well. Rebecca also has extensive experience drafting employee handbooks and advising clients with respect to internal investigations, hiring, discipline and termination practices, workplace policies and procedures, and compliance with federal, state, and local anti-discrimination, wrongful termination, wage and hour, leave, and plant closing laws. Prior to her law firm experience, Rebecca served as a federal judicial law clerk to the Honorable Raymond L. Finch, then Chief Judge of the U.S. District Courts for the U.S. Virgin Islands. Rebecca received her B.A. in Philosophy from the University of California, Irvine, and her J.D., cum laude, from Chapman University School of Law. Rebecca is admitted to practice in California and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. We're glad to have you. Rebecca, your article does a really thorough job of laying out the intricacies of the Healthy Workplaces and Healthy Families Act. When a law such as this comes into effect, employers can be really challenged to stay on top of the regulations and administer them appropriately. So let's break this down, uh, especially the new regulations specifically for employers. Can you briefly explain how the new law differs from any prior sick leave regulations in California? Well, Lisa, um, prior to this new sick leave law, there weren't any uh, paid sick leave requirements in California, at least not in um, California as a whole. San Francisco did have, specifically San Francisco had some requirements. Um, So really, it's, it's a new law for all of California employers. So this is brand new. So is it for every California employee, employer? Uh, are they all affected by the new regulations? Does it apply to everyone universally? Give us a sense of who the law actually now applies to. Well, it almost applies to every employer. It basically applies to every employer, uh, regardless of the number of employees um, that the employer has. There are some limited exceptions that are that are uh, noted in the article I've prepared and some employees who are clever, I'm sorry, covered by a collective bargaining agreement, um, then this sick leave law might not apply, but that's detailed in the, um, in the article. For the most part, all employers, regardless of the number of employees they have, are going to be subject to this new law. Even if I'm an employer outside of California and I have, let's say I'm a, you know, a multi-state employer who happens to have 
uh, a group of employers in California. Am I still affected by those regulations, Rebecca? Yes, if you're an employer outside of California, but you have even uh, one employee working in California, then you may be subject to the law as well for that employee that's working in California. Rebecca, when can an employee use paid sick leave under this act? What are the permitted uses? Well, employees actually can use the sick leave not just for their own health condition. Under this act, um, the employees may use the sick leave for their own or for their family members' health condition, and, and that includes not just when they're sick, but for any treatment or diagnosis, um, a preventative care, for example, a doctor's appointment. And also, interestingly, um, under this new paid sick leave law, family member is defined very broadly to include a parent, a spouse, or a registered domestic partner, even a grandparent, grandchild, or sibling. And also, employees who are victims of domestic violence or sexual assault or stalking may use the leave um, not only for medical treatment, but for certain related legal proceedings. So now that we're clear on when the sick leave can be used, your article lays out in detail three methods that employers can use to calculate leave under the new requirements. All the details are in the article itself, but I wanted to just briefly touch on each method for our listeners so they could understand the breadth of those offerings. So let's start with the accrual method. What are the highlights of that option that employers need to be aware of? Well, under the um, accrual method, uh, an employee who earns will earn one hour of sick uh, pay or one hour of sick leave for every 30 hours worked. And um, basically the accrual begins on July 1st, 2015, or the date that the employee is hired if they're hired after July 1st, 2015. And so under the accrual method, like I said, they'll, they'll get one hour sick pay for every 30 hours worked. And it's important for employers who decide to use the accrual method um, to, to put a cap. The employers are allowed to cap the employee's total accru accrued amount of um, sick leave for the year to uh, 48 hours or six days. If the employers don't put a cap um, in a written policy, then you know a full-time employee who's working you know 40 hours a week with no overtime could potentially could potentially accrue over 69 hours or eight days of paid sick leave for that year. So it's very important that they the employers who do use the accrual method that they put a cap to the six days. That's great advice. So the, the other, one of the other methodologies is that an employer who has a sick leave plan in their policies already, they may already meet the minimum requirements of this particular legislation. But there's also, in addition to that and the accrual method, there's also the lump sum approach. How does the lump sum approach work if I'm an employer and may want to use that as an option? Yeah, under the lump sum approach, and, and some smaller employers might like to use this because there's less administrative um, hassle with it. Under that approach, the employer grants um, a full amount of leave three days or 24 hours at the beginning of each year. You know, like I said, this, uh, this lump sum will avoid um, some administrative hassles like tracking the accrual and carryover requirements. Um, so, so each employee will get three new sick days at the beginning of each year under the lump sum method. 
So there's no tracking in terms of how, when someone comes to work, as soon as they come to work or as soon as the beginning of the year, they'll get those three days. And that's the end of it. Correct. And it's also, it's also important to, to mention that regardless of whether the employer is using the accrual or the lump sum method, and even, so even if they use the lump sum method and that employee gets three days immediately, um, the, the newly hired employee who gets those three days, uh, the employer can still require that the three days not be used until 90 days after the, their first day of employment. That's a good point, and all of those details are really laid out with a lot of specificity in the article. Rebecca, giving at least the three detailed methods of calculating leave, having a solid policy is really critical in leave administration, especially intermittent leave. Can you give us a few key things a California policy needs to contain as it relates to paid sick leave? I'm sure. Well, uh, most importantly, the employer needs to decide if, they're, if they don't already have a policy in place that, that meets or exceeds the minimum requirements. They need to decide if they're going to do a lump sum approach or if they're going to do the accrual method. They do the accrual method. They want to make sure to cap um, the accrual for the year at six days. Um, they also want to, most employers will probably want to make sure that they have in the policy that although the employee may get the three days right away upon hire or may start or will start accruing right away upon hire, that those three, those sick days still cannot be taken until after 90 days of employment. And they also want to include that even if the accrual under the accrual method, they can accrual up to six days, which can be carried over. The employee still can't take more than three days of leave in the year. Um, those are a few important things for the employers to keep in mind when, when creating their policies. I would anticipate that most paid sick leave policies need to be uh, reviewed after, probably today, given that this took effect July 1st. Is that right? It's probably the right thing to do. Well, EPS provides the California required anti-harassment training under AB 1825 already, as you know, and we want our listeners to know. Your article reiterates the necessity of training managers on their roles in administering paid sick leave according to these new regulations. Can you talk a bit more about what a manager's training class should be comprised of given these new regulations? Rebecca, just give us a general sense of a solid managerial training class as it relates to these regulations. Well, managers and also I think HR personnel want to be uh, make sure that they understand fully the new um, paid sick leave laws and so that they're being applied appropriately. Um, they want to understand the employee's rights under the act and including being able to identify reasonable requests for sick leave. And, and they want to make sure not to inquire too much about the reasons they can delve into the, the specific medical reasons um, for an employee's uh, request for leave. Um, some employers may also want to consider implementing a reporting and complaint procedure whereby, for example, employees who are denied paid sick leave uh, by a supervisor, they may report that denial to human resources and ask for a confirmation that the denial was proper.
That can be tricky. Rebecca, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. We hope that you are now more prepared to comply with California's Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act. And again, those regulations went into effect on July 1st. You can find a link to the full article and a short webcast on the subject. You can learn more about Rebecca, EPS services, and listen to additional Real Solutions podcasts at our website, epspros.com. That's epspros.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. If you'd like to listen to the podcast again or share it with others, you'll find it and all of our Real Solutions podcasts on both iTunes and on SoundCloud. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we hope you'll join us on upcoming podcasts. Thanks again.